Well, we are going to work our way through the most important doctrines of the scriptures, particularly as they are given in the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith, the 1689. If you have been coming to this church for maybe a year over, I've mentioned this over and over again, and part of the prerequisite for membership is that you read 1689 and at least agree substantially with 1689, the document. Uh, we are just using it as, as, as a tool. Bermano, yeah, look at me, okay? We are using it as a tool to strengthen our hearts, particularly now in our history, uh, our, our Christian history in the country. The, our forefathers in the faith, particularly the Westminster fathers, the Savoy fathers, and the second, the 1689 fathers, even the other fathers, the reformers, were fighting doctrinal wars in their time. So let me just check your spiritual uh, uh, temperature, as Eliezer would call uh, temperature, uh, your knowledge. The chapter one, that's the doctrine of the Holy Scripture in the 1689, what error were they fighting, were they seeking to curb when they were penning down the doctrine of the scriptures? Maybe I should ask this question after the lesson. But what error do you think were prevalent around 1689? 1689 should be the 17th century. What major error were they fighting at this time? I mentioned them last week. Some of them. All of you are smiling at me. Eh? I wish I could turn the camera so that those who are online can see your, your bold face. Well, apart from Quakerism, the Quakers that they were fighting, or the Roman Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church was saying that the Holy Scripture was not sufficient. That is, that the, the church stands on three legs. That is, the Holy Scripture, the tradition, and the magisterium. The Scripture here, and they also have what they call apo, apo, apocrypha in their own Scripture. Books like First Maccabees, Second Maccabees, S. Dras, uh, the Ben and Dragon, yes? Yeah, Tobit and all those Catholic Church. So they believe that one is an authority and the, the magisterium. What is the magisterium? The Pope. When the Pope speaks Earth Cathedra, that is when the Pope sit on the seat, the, the word cathedral, how many of you understand the word cathedral? What is the meaning of a cathedral? <laughs> so if I say let us build a cathedral now for our church, 
what what should ring in your brain? What time you are whispering, eh? Eh? A sanctuary. <laughs> Not a sanctuary. Church. Bishop, yes? Very big church building, but much more than that is what? Cathedral. Hmm. Cathedral has to do with the word seat. The seat of a bishop. And particularly, when you are talking of, of course, many of our guys don't even understand what they call their church cathedral. They don't even understand what they're talking about. When Pope sits at cathedral, that is when he sits on the seat of Peter. The seat that Pope sits on, you understand, is the seat of St. Peter's. The Peter the apostle in the Bible. They believe Peter was the first Pope. And from Peter, there's a descendant of line of Popes. Okay. Pope can speak anywhere. But when he sit down on that seat, for instance, when he issue uh, ex soldier domino, or domine of for, for excommunicating uh, Martin Luther, it became a perpetual excommunication. Anytime the Pope sits on that seat and makes the pronouncement, it is scripture. It is equivalent to the scripture of the same weight and value. I hope you are following what I'm saying. Are you following what I'm saying? So, Pope, they believe when we talk about the infallibility of the scripture, Roman Catholic Church also believes in the infallibility of the papacy. So the Pope is infallible. Means the Pope is incapable of error. And that's what Martin Luther was saying. He said, uh-uh, if Pope is infallible, not all of us there, eh? some Pope had children behind the behind back. Some Pope were immersed in corruption. But you are saying they are infallible. So Pope, when Pope speaks at cathedral, he speaks infallibly. And that word is the word of God. He is the vicar of Christ. He is the mouthpiece of Christ. So the guy said, okay, the word of God, the Bible, is one leg. Then the second leg will be the Pope. And the third one is the tradition. The tradition as given is when they're talk, talking about uh, the entire uh, Mary system, the called Maryology system, the assumption of Mary, the, the belief that Mary, when Mary died 40 days after his burial, angels came from heaven and then they, 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 they stood around the grave of Mary and they exhumed Mary bodily and took her to heaven. And Mary was made the queen of heaven. If you hear that, it's not, and you are saying, show me in the Bible, the Catholic Church will say, no, not everything is written down in the Bible. If they speak like that, which portion of the scripture are they quoting? When they are saying not everything is written down in the scripture, where do you think they are referring to? John, John chapter, see the last, last part. <laughs> that is Fred. See the last, last part. 
Well, he said the thing that Jesus did, if, if, if it were to be recorded, even the whole world cannot contain. Have you seen that before? Mm-hmm. So they are saying, there are many things that actually happen that are not written now in the scripture that were passed down through oral tradition. Like uh, the story of um, Olodumare giving power to is it Obant- Obantala? Uh, Felix, help me. Is it Obantala or Orish? Orish? The mentioned when I came in the radio, is it Orishanla? You that is saying you be guru for Yoruba. Yeah, I know you start talking. <laughs> you see, that kind of thing from your, from your forefathers, from your forefathers, it was passed down. The perpetual virginity of Mary is in the tradition. The idea of sainthood is in the tradition. It is when you cook these three things together for the Roman Catholic Church that you have the scripture, the word of God. The word of God is not only these. It is the Bible followed by what? Call it the way I... The second thing is what? Okay. The, the Bible, number two. Tradition, number three. Magisterium. Magistrate, magisterium. So our forefathers, during the time of Protestant Reformation, were fighting this. The basic idea of the Reformation is to bring the church back to the Bible and not to the Pope or the tradition. There's a tissue here for him. Not the Pope, not the tradition. I hope you are hearing what I'm saying. Give me your attention. Franklin, sit properly and listen to me, okay? That's what they were fighting. But they were fighting some cousins. It's like those who are also so close to, I mean, if you're fighting Roman Catholic and Anglican Church, it's, it's okay. It's okay to fight. These are the enemies. They'll kill you if they catch you and they take you to the Inquisition. You are dead. Like Dodo, as uh, Michael Zekome would say, like Dodo, you are dead. You have, the, the church will have no mercy. If you are a heretic, you are as good as dead. Period. But there are some cousins that were also quasi, kind of semi heretics. They call them the radical reformers. How many of you have an idea? Of what radical reform, the, the nature of radical reformers. How many of you have read about them? Raise your hand. What are you saying, Andrew? The, claim they were getting extra revelations by the Spirit. Yes. One of the arrowhead of the radical reformers will be someone called Meno Simons. Meno Simons, who is the leader of the Mennonites. If you want to know where the Mennonites are in Nigeria, where, where would that be? Where is, the head, where is the headquarter of the Mennonites in Nigeria? I'm talking about 16th, 17th century. And there's nothing that we are mentioning that is not in Nigeria. Nigeria is the capital of everything. The Mennonites, where do you think their headquarter is in this country? Eh? Eh? No. Where? Southwest, of course, Southwest is the headquarter of everything. So don't even. Mennonite will be found. How many of you have heard about a seminary called UMCA? 
Where is UMCA? Hey, where do I get this congregation from? For crying out loud. Where is UMCA? Okay, UMCA will be in the lorry. Yeah. So the Mennonites were very active around the lorry, Jeba, Mokwa, in the early days of missionary activities. I'm taking my time so that, Anna, I don't want to see you guys. Two of you should come. Two of you, come, 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 come. Come, Anna, you and Yuya, come. Yeah, Abel, make sure you look after those kids. Eh? I want, I want you to, I want you to, I want you to give me your attention, okay, and not allow children to distract you. The radical reformers, they will agree with everything that the reformers stood for, except sola scriptura. They were having extra biblical. Revelation. And the, the Mennonites were actually the forefathers of the Anabaptists. You cannot, the history of the Baptists is not completed until you drag it back to Anabaptism. They suffer the same fate with all the nonconformists. But our reformers say, no, no, the Bible is the magisterium. The Bible is the tradition. The Bible is the revelation. That is why they, they began to put down clearly what the church should believe the way they have placed it down now. So tonight, there are about, how many chapters are in 1689? Chapters in 1689. How many chapters? No, not chapters. Yeah, 32 chapters. Maybe I'm talking of paragraphs, okay? There are 32 chapters. Now, if you are going to study 69 the way it is structured, the next six years, we are still here. You see, um, chapter one. If, if I want to be conservative, there are 160 lessons of chapter one. So what I'm going to give us in chapter one is just a condensed, fairly condensed form of what, what the major highlights of chapter one. And generally, it has been condensed. I think Wardron, Samuel Wardron, which is one of the big guy in, in, in the exposition of 1689, how many? Maybe nine, nine lessons from chapter one. I have sent to you about 12 basic lessons from chapter one. And they are the necessity of scripture. Number two, scripture as self-revelation. Number three, we learn in chapter one the canon of the Old Testament. We also learn about the canon of the New Testament and we are going to learn about the canons. From the chapter one, we learn about the inspiration of the scripture, particularly paragraph two, we also learn, or we are going to learn, the inerrancy and infallibility of scripture. It's in paragraph one. Several lessons. We are going to learn the authority of the scripture. We are going to learn the sufficiency 
of scripture. We are going to learn sola scriptura. It's in paragraph 1 and paragraph 10. We are going to learn the authentication of scripture. Paragraph 5, thereabouts. We are going to learn the perspicuity of scripture. How many of you understand the word perspicuity of scripture? Let me not speak above your head. What is the word perspicuity without Googling it? You are asking Tom to tell you, eh? Three of you. You are cheating in the exam hall. What is perspicuity? If something is perspicuous, what is it? Okay, is it from online? Is the answer from online? Why are you murmuring? Eh? <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, perspicuity is, is what? Clarity. Clarity of the scripture. And then the, less, the last lesson I will run us through is the interpretation of scripture. And I want to mention that this chapter 1, chapter 1 in the 1689, is drawn basically from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. I want someone to read 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 for, for us. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. No, you don't speak in chorus. Okay? If you want to speak, you raise your hand. Second mm-hmm. Corinthians. Yes. Second uh, Timothy. Yes. You can get microphone to my man, my little man. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, and for training in righteousness. Okay. Can you read this from the hard copy so that we are sure? There's no adultery. Uh, Ima, Ima want to read this from the Bible. Give it to Ima. All scriptures written out by God are profitable for teaching, for proof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Ima, you are speaking as if you are reading Quran. Eh? Read it properly like, okay, yeah. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. At 17. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Amen. How many scripture? Okay, tonight I will not go through the canon. When we get to the issue of the canon, okay, let me give you an assignment up front. By the time we get to the lesson on the canon, all of you must have memorized the entire tight, uh, books of the Bible, like Genesis, Exodus, whatever. If you can't, you know it holy commit. I will deny you uh, the sacrament. <laughs> if you love your sacrament, just go and memorize the 66 books of the, of the Bible. Let us read this chapter 1, paragraph 1 of 1689 um, the doctrine of the Holy Scripture. I have, I have set it 
on their WhatsApp group. So if you go to the WhatsApp group, it's there. If you don't have the hard copy, if you have data, if you just Google 689, it's, it's all over the place. You can have different rendition of it, but this one, this is the original, <laughs> this one is the original one. The Holy Scripture is the only sufficient, certain, and infallible rule of all saving knowledge. Let me read again. The Holy Scripture is the only sufficient, certain, and infallible rule of all saving knowledge, faith, and obedience. See, we can, we can stay here for the rest of our life to unpack what it means that the Holy Scripture is the only sufficient, certain, infallible rule of all saving knowledge, faith, and obedience. This is chunky. Although the light of nature and the works of creation and providence. Now, this way you should thank Emmanuel Wiki for giving you the glossary of terms. So if you have lost your glossary of terms, go pull it out now. Okay? Because I will not have much time to give you. We spent two years defining every words that you are going to come across here. Felix, why are you laughing at Imas works? Okay, Imanda says you should share it again. Lazy youths. Lazy youths. Although the light of nature and the works of creation and providence do so far manifest the goodness, wisdom, and power of God as to leave men inexcusable, yet are they not sufficient to give that knowledge of God and his will, which is necessary unto salvation? Therefore, it pleased the Lord at sundry times. Sundry means, sundry means various. Is it various or past? We are doing like this. You are doing like this now. Okay. Sundry times and in diverse manners to reveal himself and to declare that his will unto his church and afterward for the better preserving and propagating of the truth and for the more sure establishment and comfort of the church against the corruption of the flesh and the malice of Satan and of the world to commit the same wholly unto writing, which maketh the Holy Scriptures to be most necessary. And he ends by the end by saying, those former ways of God's revealing his will unto his people being now ceased. <laughs> and load of scriptural passages are given there for your consumption. Maybe you can just read through them quickly, but before then, what you are learning tonight is the, the necessity of the Holy Scripture. The necessity of the Holy Scripture. 
and, uh, and that should be the summary of paragraph one. So let me ask you again, so you will be asking much question. If you look at 1689, many of you have given copies. The doctrine of the scriptures came first before the doctrine of God. Why do you think that? was correct. Why don't place the, why, okay, Ima, why do you think it was good for them to place the doctrine of the scripture first before the doctrine of God? Because um, that's, first of all, that's God's way of revelation. If you strip the authority of the scripture and the inherency of the scripture. Even myself, I can't hear you. If you strip your if you strip scripture from its authority, mm-hmm. you've stripped um, any argument mm-hmm. you can have for God. In fact, uh, atheists use this usually as a means. Because um, the authority is where God's word is. And it's God's way of revelation. And so if you strip it of its authority, mm-hmm. you, that has to come first, before even anything. Because before you, before you have an argument about um, God's glory or God's eternal existence, mm-hmm. it has, the scripture has to back it up. Yeah. Okay. Any other person? Why do you think the doctrine of the scripture, thank you so much for that uh, good answer. Why do you think the doctrine of the scripture comes first before the doctrine of God. What 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 are you, what 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 do you think you should know first? The scripture or God? The egg or the chicken? Yes, Erica. Okay, so um I think people have apart from maybe people are saying that it is people generally have a view of God or they believe God exists, but they have a problem with scripture being from God or being the only way God speaks to us. So I think the reason why it's first is to explain that this is God's word, first of all, and then unfolding scripture helps you understand who God is. Mm-hmm. That's also good. Online, who is answering? Okay, GB, please. Yeah, but GB is uh, speaking through is speaking through the mouth of Yemi. Uh, Christian are derived from the Holy Scriptures, including the doctrine of a God. It is our infallible rule for faith and life. Okay, yes, great. Any other person want to add? Yeah, okay, fire coming. Thank you, GB. Because the only way we can know God is through the Scriptures. Yes. Yeah, to the scripture. It, the, the, the only place we, 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 we come to apprehend the knowledge of God is where? The scripture, the true God. And that's why the confession is upfront about the insufficiency of natural revelation. You can look at the vegetations and the beauty of the world and say, oh, there's God. And many people have affirmed the existence of, existence of God apart from Judeo-Christian worldview. I hope you understand that. 
even the Yoruba culture, the other African culture, do affirm of the supreme deity. But it is only in the scripture that you will know God, first of all, as Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The triunity of God is found only in the scripture. And it is only in the scripture, because the scripture itself is called divine revelation or special revelation. It is through the special revelation that God revealed himself as he is. So if you bypass the scripture, your knowledge of God or whatever doctrines you think you want to handle will be greatly, greatly flawed. I hope you, you are clear on that one now. Are we clear on that one? If you don't, if you are not clear, just raise your hand, okay? I'm not, I'm not in haste. Okay. Uh, I'm not using word drum, uh, but I've read somewhere word drum sufficiently, and you can pick one copy from my office at Boro, not pick. Many of you are moving things from my office on your own. I'll be surprised on the last day in heaven, my books are tied to your chest. The judgment told you, yes? Uh-huh. Your, your arch enemy is suggesting that if you pick a book from our office, they should lock you in and stay here and read it. I'll turn it immediately. That is Elijah speaking, not, not me. I'm just saying what he's saying. Uh, I don't want to see my books in your hand on the last day in heaven. Uh, please. Uh, there are a lot of surprises waiting for me in heaven. I don't want to add that to part of the surprises that I will see in heaven and all that. So. But Waldron talks about the necessity of the doctrine of the Holy Scripture, uh, the, the, the scripture. Is the scripture necessary? That's what the, doc, the, the, the fathers are trying to explain. How necessary is the Holy Scripture? And the answer is that the Holy Scripture is absolutely necessary, particularly in relationship to saving knowledge. Not all knowledge are saving knowledge. I hope you understand that. So you don't go to the scripture to learn how to drive. There's no gynecology in the scripture. Uh, okay, Hebrew women are in the scripture. <laughs> you don't go to the scripture to learn some other things. Saving knowledge. Saving knowledge is found only in the scripture. And the father said, the scripture is sufficient, certain, and infallible. This means scripture is enough, true, and sure, and cannot err. And the scope of this sufficiency is all saving knowledge, faith, and obedience. The scope of this sufficiency is, revolves around all saving knowledge, faith, and obedience. And there are other standards beside the scripture, 
But the Holy Scripture is given as a measuring line and standard is the standard of all standards. And the Bible is a test, is an acid test for every other. If Bible is the song, every other knowledge revolves around the Holy Scripture. The Bible is necessary because of the necessity, I'm putting word wrong now, because of the necessity of saving knowledge. Without saving knowledge, we are lost. And Samuel Wardron said, men have been saved without the scripture, but no one has been saved without the saving knowledge. Before inscripturation, there was saving knowledge. What Wardron says that there were men that walked with God, like Enoch. Then there was no Bible in their hand like this. But their salvation is dependent on the saving knowledge that they had through divine revelation now is curated. You know that Genesis, Exodus were written in numbers. Hmm? Yes or no? Who wrote Genesis? Okay. So the Bible is sufficient. Without the revelation, the divine revelation of the scripture, there's no way we can come to saving knowledge and faith. And you know the components of faith. Remember, Roger taught this, one of our evening service. There are three components of saving faith. There are, yes, yes, first is what? There are three saving, there are three components of saving faith. You guys should not fall my hand. Because I have an enemy that came that will be laughing at me now. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, three components of saving faith. He used, he will use Latin word like ascensus, yeah? Knowledge, yes. Ascent, trust. Yes. So you don't just wake up and say, I believe in God. What is the content of that belief? That's the faith. Paragraph one also talks about the insufficiency of, of general knowledge. I've, I've, I've mentioned that already. The general knowledge, that is the knowledge that, as Paul speaks about in Romans, the, and the father said the general knowledge actually can show us God, but it's not sufficient. It's not sufficient, it's insufficient. The duty of general revelation is to make us inexcusable on the last day. The way the law was given as a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, the law was never intended to save us. General revelation were not, were not intended to bring us to God. They were intended to push us to to, to yearn for deeper relationship of God through special revelation. Because 
mean, you can unpack even limited atonement from what I'm saying already. Okay. Now, the ground of this necessity is in the necessity of saving knowledge. Number two, I'm also paraphrasing Waldron. The presupposition of this necessity of the scripture is suggesting that all other man, all other ways that God speaks to people have now ceased. I don't have time to, to take my friends in the charismatic to the laundry tonight. I have done a lot of <laughs> talk on them. There is no apostolic succession. In fact, the Catholics are more decent. At least they believe that there's one apostle per time. Eh? After Peter, there's one apostle, another pope, another pope, until another pope, pope John Paul II, pope this is easy. Our friends have apostles now all over the place. There are no apostles and there is no Jesus Christ walking here on earth. So all other manners and ways that God speaks to his people have now ceased. Therefore, the necessity of the Holy Scripture. Without the Holy Scripture, you won't find the mind of God regarding saving, saving knowledge, faith, and obedience. And, in, and of course, there's no life uh, for godliness. I've just kind of wet your appetite within this matter that the scripture is necessary. It's not an option. It's not something people said. I have I've heard before. If if our forefathers were fighting Quakers, they were fighting Roman Catholic Church. They were fighting radical radical reformism. They were fighting uh, Arminianism. And they were fighting uh, uh, some end time, uh, I forgot their name now. What do you think we are fighting today regarding this doctrine? Who are we fighting? Who are the heretics? If, if you are not a coward, who are the heretics that this, the doctrine of the necessity, the finality, the authority, the infallibility of the scripture, who do you think, or what error in our days is this doctrine set to cure? Something. Four of them are speaking at the same time. Huh? We still have the Roman Catholic Church. Okay. We have the Charismatic. But, okay, I know, but wait, wait first. How many times on the street of Abuja do you have you been to any church where they feel that Roman Catholic Church is a threat? The pastors are meeting and say, what do we do about this Roman Catholic Church? Have you ever even heard the Roman Catholic Church preaching the infallibility of Pope anywhere in this country? So, yes, Roman Catholic Church is still here, but not on the surface. It's, 
Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not saying you are wrong. I agree that a lot of millions of Nigerians are in the Roman Catholic Church and, and they need to be evangelized and, and uh, kind of uh, brought out of that error. But what, what error is so visible? What heresy is so visible today in Nigeria that when we are talking about the doctrine of the scripture, I think it's a, like prophecy. Yeah. This prophetic um, phenomena. Yes, the, the prophetic phenomena. Sometimes people say charismatic. Not all charismatic church even believe in the prophetic phenomena you see around the country. I mean, charismatic movement is like a spectrum now. Now you don't really know who you are dealing with here. For instance, PFN, that the umbrella body for both the charismatic and the Pentecostal, refused TB Joshua. The late TB Joshua, TB Tokwe Joshua, membership. Because they believed he was not, he's not born again. He was not born again. So you can't even lump TB Joshua together with people like Adeboye. Oh, as we can lump them, but they feel they are better than him. <laughs> yeah. Because at one point, someone put Adeboye's picture and TB Joshua together and they make a, a audio code that they used to wear. Yeah, mantle. And he fell and they saw it and Papa Debo is start warning people that people should not wear his picture again. Because people are putting TB Joshua picture and he said, you now want to kill me? That's the word he said, you won't kill me. So they also believe that that guy is on the... <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we are fighting prophetism. prophetism the, the, the kind of phenomena we have to hear, Eliezer? Not me. GB. Okay. GB. Continuationism. Yeah, GB. Continuationism. Should we throw that in the mix? Let's vote. <laughs> yeah, some some far right continuationism are in the mix. Some moderate. I'm very careful. I love moderate. Some cautious and careful. Continuationist, uh, I don't want to throw them in the mix. Okay, I am a cessationist. I mean, but the Bible says, not the Bible, the confession says that the, what's the last line? That the, make the Holy Scripture to be most necessary. The former ways of God revealing His will unto His people being now ceased. How many of you disagree with this statement in this church? That the former ways of God's revealing his will unto his people being now ceased. How many of you can disagree with that? I doubt. Because that would be going against Hebrews 1 verse 1, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes, you can put continuation in there if you are careful to define what we mean by secessionism. Because as I grow older, people talk about secessionism in a way that it does not represent what we believe as secessionists. So if the person I'm a secessionist, I want to ask you, what do you really, what are you talking about? Because sometimes people talk about this secessionism, continuationism, as if God is no longer in existence, that God is no longer working among his people. It's like a quasi-denial of the supernatural among God's people, which we do not stand for. Is God still working miracle among his people? 
Yes. But what we are saying is that in God revealing his will to mankind, it's here. Yeah. That assist. Well, yes, what are you fighting? Arminianism. Arminianism. Not too sure. I'll come back. Any other thing we are fighting? Yes, Emmanuel. Multiplicity of revelation other than scripture. Yeah. Multiplicity of revelation. What is that? E.G. Rema. Rema. <laughs> I feel like I'm a fall on that one. Well, Andrew posted something yesterday. Let me just... Okay. Let me just come down so that you guys can help yourself. Name the arrowheads, the heretics of today that we, have, that we should be fighting against. Name five of them on the row. Joshua Selman. Yes, Apostle Selman one. How many of you disagree that Apostle Selman is not a heretic? Eliezer's friend believes he's not a heretic. I will not mention his name. Yes. Aram Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, let me just let me give you one thing that uh, Apostle Selman said recently. He's still fresh online. He said Adam was not the first man that God created. That before God created Adam, there were other, he called them humanoids. It's only in Birmingham University you can go and learn about those things. It's not <laughs> humanoids. And he said on this point, both the scripture and science agree. That is clear in the scripture and science have authenticated that before Adam was created, they were humanoids. And he said this in this Bible. Yeah, he doesn't have enough time to take you to the Bible. So you go, go and pick your concordance now and go and look for humanoids. <laughs> yeah. And these are the guys that don't even believe in six days literal creation. They believe that before Genesis chapter 1, no, the, between Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and verse 2, there are about 1 billion years. That when you read the Bible and say, in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth, full stop. That is the first word that God created. When the verse 2 now said, and the word was void and whatever, what they are saying is that God cannot create something that is void and full of darkness. So the first word was whatever, whatever. And then Satan came and destroyed that one. And then the world we live in as a recreated world. It's not a brand new world that God created. There are a lot of Christians who are into this evolutionist and evolution, evolutionary kind of creation and all that nonsense. So when you when you see Adam Yosai, <laughs> carry your children and run. Enter under the bed. When you are hearing Apostle Selman and they are talking about seven mysteries, seven portals, and almost all they are saying is not from the scripture. Um, it's not even existing. The one, there's another one Andrew posted yesterday. The guy was talking about priesthood. How you can merge. I, I, was, I was trying to like, God help me, what is happening? He's talking about mysteries, mysteries, mysteries. 
And if you, if you, if you want to climb, if you want to become a priest, they, they are the garment of priesthood. And I was looking for, what is he talking about? And when they preach, they don't stand in one place. They are walking around. And it's so... And people will commence with, Papa, thank you for this revelation. What has he revealed? Priesthood. And he talks about the unit. I mean, yeah. So be careful. And don't share, if you don't mention people's name, many of you will not understand. Some of you are still consuming this material and wasting your data. Yes, Felix? I wanted to ask, don't we have fathers of faith? Leave those ones. Uh, where are you going? Do you know? No, I'm actually, I, I'm serious. I will not even put... Can, I, don't, I don't want to call names in that category. I know where you are going. I'm, trying to, I'm talking about those, <laughs> those that you guys are consuming. I mean, some of these things that they are saying, some of those fathers will not even dare say that. They won't dare say that. They could say something like, if you don't pay your tithes, you go to hell. Why? Uh, the Bible says, if you don't tithe, you are, you are robbing me. Then if you are not tithing, you are a robber, meaning you are a criminal. Will a robber go to heaven? The answer is it's a simplistic way of explaining the scripture. I don't, they meant no harm. <laughs> yeah, you are just using, it's okay. yeah, the Bible says if you don't, you are stealing from me, you are, you are a thief. Will a thief go to heaven? No. So if you don't tithe, you are stealing. And then if you are stealing, you are going to, that, that. of course, there are, there are a lot of heretical things they say that is so mind-boggling. And I think these ones we are calling drank from them. They opened the door, and then the younger generation, uh, Get deeper. What I want to leave you with this evening is the scripture. It's not just one of the things that you want to give your attention to when you are free. There's a brother here that always asks me, Pastor Butu, are you free? Every day, are you free? I say, free where? The Bible is not something, okay, let me do my things and then I'll just Read one page. The Bible is necessary. And the reason why God caused it to be written down, the confession gave three reasons. He said, against the corruption of the flesh. You are falling with all your perfumes and education, with all your good looks. You are falling. You are so corrupt in what we call the radical or total depravity. Outside the grace of God, outside the special revelation of God, you are lost. Even at that, you are not infallible, are you? So you, can, you don't even trust yourself. Some of you will have dream, and then you are running a whole ministry based on the dream you had. You say, I saw myself with, with briefcase. And I stood on the altar and thousands were before me and I was preaching to them, therefore I'm called. It's much more than that, brother. What does the scripture say regarding who should enter ministry? If you have one million dreams, even if all those dreams should come to pass, it cannot trump the word of God. Are you hearing me? Your reality your subjective reality 
Otis does not trump the word of God because it is possible for you to have a dream or a revelation and they come to pass. It does not mean. It does not set aside the scripture in any way. All other knowledge and revelations and prompting are subservient to the holy scriptures. It is necessary for you because you are corrupt. The inscripturation safeguard you, even you from yourself, so that you not read your own mind, your own carnal mind into the word of God and then into the mind of the church. Number two, to protect us from Satan, the malice of Satan. I'm quoting from the confession, the malice of Satan. That's your own corruption, the malice of Satan. Satan is an arch enemy of God's, everything is good. So it's written down so that if Satan dressed himself as an angel of light, this thing is a, is a silver bullet that knocks out Satan. So if a, if a Satan comes in now in, in Pastor Butu's format and he's saying some nice, 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 nice things and he could do like this and all of you are on the floor and he could even call fire down from heaven, how do you test him? The moment he say five things and number six, he moves to evolution. You catch him. See, ah, 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 ah. Show me. Show me. Throw him out. And God makes sure this Bible is written down so that it can be preserved, propagated, so that it can come to you the way he has come to you. So we can praise God for what God has done. Trust the Bible. Trust me. The Bible is trustworthy. It is the only certain infallible rule for all saving knowledge, faith, and obedience. There are some people around that say that the reformed people worship the Bible. Well, <laughs> we don't worship the Bible. But this is necessary. It's, it's, it's necessary. Any question before we close? Or any contribution? Yeah, it's not, it's not a question per se, but uh, I, I want to say that the, it's important that we also go through the text that uh, reference there. The yes. scriptures that are actually yeah, referenced there. Yes. The scriptures there are many. Yes. So, I have given to you, it's even on WhatsApp chat. You go and read all of them today. They, so that the, fa the fathers too, they are careful. They're not telling all this thing from their head. Okay? And I've given the anchor scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All Isaiah 8:20, Luke 16:29, Ephesians 2:20, they are all given there. So you can read and read again and test what they have spoken against the scripture. Even if today, as we study this thing, we found out that our forefathers, we have found one thing against this scripture, what do we do? We throw it out. You know. Your allegiance is not to any pastor, to any denomination. Your allegiance is your respect for any church, your respect for any pastor, 
is to the extent of their compliance to the scripture. If the pastor is so fine, he's so humble, he's checked on you, he gives you money, he's always, always smiling, he cracks jokes. He... And that's why we, we, we make sure those who stand here are well educated in terms of learning this scripture. The knowledge of Latin, knowledge of Greek, knowledge of Hebrew are very important. They are not necessary, but they are very important so that what we are hearing is kosher. And we thank God that this Bible has been written in almost all the languages. Ibibio, Kalaba, uh, all kinds of things. Yoruba, Hausa. The Bible is written in the language you can understand. You are without excuse. Any question? Any more question before we close? Or contribution? Yes? You are just doing like this. If natural revelation to know God, many people access the scripture. But in Romans, we hear that we are, they are without excuse. In scripture, uh, how that revelation was meant to bring them to Christ. The natural oh, revelation. Yes, yes. We feel the law was meant to bring us to Christ. All those who were saved in the Old Testament were not saved apart from Christ. God revealed himself to them in the Old Testament. In fact, and particularly because of the fall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nature. In natural revelation, they yeah. never ever heard the gospel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ever. Yeah. But the Bible says they are without excuse. Yeah. Time is gone. What Paul was saying in Romans was that even all those who believe that there is God, for instance, Yoruba people believe that there is God. What is the name? Oladumari. At that point, they got it. But when they be, when they now start to say this is a now say obatanla or Rishanla with with uh, two two chicken with some sand with some shell of pamkana and it, it descend from heaven to a lay Finish. Where where are they learning that? Where are they learning that one from? Yes. They will have stayed with the first one. But the challenge is that none of those people stayed with the first one. They now start making gods for themselves, isn't it? They make a wooden carving and then myth. No one is without excuse. The Paul says that it's not suggesting that someone somewhere got saved by natural revelation. In fact, I can even stretch backward. Before Adam fell, it was never designed that we should know God by themselves. Even in a perfect state, God must be revealed. God is bigger than even a perfect human being. I'm speaking mysteries now, eh? That one is not in the Bible. But that is true. God is bigger than even in our perfect state. He's inexhaustible. That's why he always comes to Adam 
in the cool of the day to fellowship with him. What a mighty God we serve. And we thank God for the gift of the Holy Scripture. Treasure it. Treasure it. I remember in 1982, when the Bible was translated into my language for the very first time, men were crying. I remember about five, six years ago, one man translated Bible into Basakomo language. He has spent close to 40 years of his life doing this alone. He was done and said, God, kill me now. And he died. He died a happy man. People were killed because of this Bible. I hope you understand. That Tyndale, if you were caught in the 14th, 15th century with the Bible, you are dead. If you are caught reading the Bible for yourself, you, you are reading the Bible by yourself. It's a capital punishment. People gave their life for this. Treasure it. Treasure it. Sometimes I'm amazed that some of you say, Pastor, dash me Bible now. Pastor, dash me Bible. If it is important, you can't even buy a Bible for yourself. You have earrings. I'm not the one that bought it for you. You have wristwatch. I didn't buy that one for you. You are buying pizza. Chairman, 8,400. If they say one bubble is 10,000 now, people say, eh, what did they say? They're, they're saying for 10,000 naira. But this bubble should be sold for 10 million naira. You understand what I'm saying? If, if this Bible go for 10 million naira, still worth it. Worth it. But we thank God that he has allowed us to have his word in our hands today. Free of charge. In a simple way. Treasure it. Read it. Apply it into your life. Give your entire life to it. Let it be that by the end of the year, you have read the scripture once, twice, from cover to cover. You have no excuse. Father, we thank you for tonight, for how far you came through. Speak to us about this. Help us to take the scripture very seriously and honor it and treasure it and draw nutrients and strength from it. There are many people that are suffering today. They have no access to the word of God. We plead that you send missionaries to them and open doors that scripture may be allowed in China and other places where scripture is illegal, like Saudi Arabia and all the Arabic uh, Gulf of Arabia. Pray, O oh God, that we that are privileged today in this country to have scripture in our hand openly and freely may treasure it and love it and teach our children and our children's children to love it and to do what you've revealed therein. This we pray with thanksgiving tonight, even as we go home in Jesus' name. Amen.